you would think that that 10 seconds of silence at the start was some kind of accident, but it wasn't. That silence is representative of the ginormous hole that Arsenal has left inside me over the last month of football. This is an Ars Brothers rank cast. I'm distraught. Distraught by what's going on in the club. Distraught by what's happening with the captain. Distraught by just being an Arsenal fan at the moment and having to shovel through the quantity of shit that we've had to over the last month. And to help me through this cathartic or cathodic? One of them means to be round-shouldered. And cathodic means to have round shoulders. So cathartic. I have no idea what that means. but No, like cathodic is when you are like hunched and your shoulders are round, like your shoulders point forward. That's cathodic. That may not be 100% true. Someone Google some shit. But joining me today to ramble through this mess, Brother Ryan, how are you doing, mate? Mm. Ah, that tastes so good. Is that a breakfast beer? Uh, well, it's six o'clock in the morning, and I just opened my second beer. And uh, yeah, hold on, ready to go. hold on, hold on, Toby. Round of applause for Ryan. <laughs> yeah, that is that is commitment, commitment there, brother Ryan. Ryan, breakfast beers. Where has this yep, this ganks. You yeah. working today, brother Ryan? Do you Gangster to Duck operate... Red Ale, delicious. Do you, do you have to operate any machinery today, or or do you have nothing on and you're just going to drink piss at six o'clock in the morning? I'm going to drink and drink and drink until uh, Arsenal go to Anfield. That's the plan, and probably drink <laughs> a little bit more after as well. Drink the pain away, <laughs> Toby. Are you drinking the pain away tonight? little bit. I'm trying to limit myself to a certain amount to make work less painful tomorrow. But, Jesus, uh, we'll see that is go. strong. That is strong. Pirate Life, 9.8% Imperial Double IPA. That is... Jesus, you better limit yourself. Yeah, it's not going to be like that time I drank the... Uh, is it the like, 18%, 750ml 18% Cat Series? The Drunkest Ass Brothers podcast of all time. (laughs) (laughs) This might top that. There's been a few. Guys, we are... Obviously, there is an absence. There is an absence, guys. And we've somehow lost Black Silla, Manny Riz. And he has been busting fucking nuts all day to get on the show. Chomping at the bit. He wants to shout about Xhaka. He wants to shout about Emery. He wants to shout about everything. And he's left us high and dry, boys. We, we don't know where he is. We've sent him messages. He's not answering. Manny, get back to us. Jump in when you're ready, please. <sighs> we miss you, buddy. Boys, miss, miss, miss you, buddy. Uh, boys, four points from a possible nine. We've beaten Bournemouth at home we've lost to Sheffield and we've drawn with Crystal Palace not a not a very good month especially when the football that we've been playing let's face it has been pretty boring pretty cumbersome and if I'm honest pretty hard to watch Toby I mean in the last month of football 
we've scored a set piece against Bournemouth in under eight minutes and proceeded not to score again for the rest of the game. We've not been able to score against Sheffield and conceded and lost the game and then have knocked in two set pieces within 13 minutes against Palace, conceded two and not scored again for the rest of the entirety of the game. What is happening at Arsenal, Toby? And what do you think of of the outcomes of, of what continuing down this path may mean for us in the in the near future? Well I tell you I'll tell you what's not happening, Max, and that's goals and or fun in any way. I mean it really is like pulling teeth at the moment. You know, we are we're playing in this way that is joyless, soulless, without a smile, without any confidence, and it looks like all of those um, descriptions, I guess, are, are apt for the players as well because they're playing bereft of any confidence or joy. So I'm led to believe that the over-coaching, the manic coaching and the lack of direction um, is starting to really play out on the pitch. It's a, it's a very difficult watch. It's very lacking in any coherence or, or joy. Um, the players don't seem to be enjoying themselves. They seem to be fearful um, and just completely out of form. It's, um, it's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's tough times, tough times. <laughs> As you can tell, guys, it's six o'clock in the morning and Ryan's drunk two beers and his foot's fairly far from the accelerator at the moment. So I'll fill the void there, boys. Ryan. Um, I'll be there soon. I'll be there let's, soon. Ryan, let's 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 get you in. Let's chuck you in the deep end. Let's get you at least further than oh, just a, 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 an inch of dick inside the Arsenal vagina. How have you felt? What is your overarching kind of emotion at the moment? It's, it's really interesting because I think there's kind of three different areas where Arsenal fans are at the moment. There's anger, where, where you have a, a, obviously a lot of really angry Arsenal fans who are, who are viciously upset with what's going on in the club. You've got malaise, which I think is, is a large portion of us as well, which is, is a state of... You know, I, I don't really know what's going on or, or we can't really direct our emotion because there's so many parameters affecting, I guess, the outcomes of the games. And I guess the last one is there's a, a large aspect of the, the fan base that I think is still in a state of denial. And I think that denial-based fan base are the, are the fan base who think that somehow, you know, Tierney and Bellerin and Lacazette coming back into the team are going to massively change the outcomes of the way that we're playing. And I'm just interested, Ryan, where are you? Are you in the depressed corner, in the angry corner, in the malaise corner, or are you still hopeful that there's enough within the squad that things might change? It's funny. Uh, I've, 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 said this more, I've said this more times than not, especially on this podcast. I'm just a ro- roller coaster of emotion, uh, going through the 10 steps of almost grief, I guess you would say, um, Zangry, angry, very angry. Uh, lately, it's turned into just apathy and just woe is me. And um, 
kind of just don't know where to go. Yeah, I feel cold, hungry, yeah, and just looking for some handouts and not knowing where to go and who to turn to. You feel like that the chick out of Frozen, except like much more Frozen. Yeah, I think is that what that's about. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never I've never watched it. I don't have children, so you know. <laughs> so why did you make? That I, I don't know. Emotion? I just Ryan said he was cold. I Ryan said he was cold and he was I mean, hungry, and I thought that's what Frozen was about. I've never seen it, but I assumed the cartoon was about you know being lost in the snow, because that would make a huge amount of sense. I think she had, like, that. powers, though, in the snow, or powers with ice. So, like, opposite. Uh. Moving on, boys. Uh, really Moving on. Goals. Really kicking goals tonight, boys. Uh, Toby, what do you make of the fact that our last three goals have all come from set pieces, and we're not a set-piece team? Two things. Better delivery, and I think that's from Pepe. Um, and secondly we literally can't create any chances from open play at the moment. And that's the the midfield, the lack of creativity, the lack of cohesion, the lack of movement, um, these incredibly long distances, the spacing between our players. It's very rigid, very structured, and very fearful, I believe, from the players. So it's really creating a lack of... Um, any forward thinking or creative play um, and and to me that's the reason that all of a sudden our chances are coming from set it's, pieces. It's an interesting thing that doesn't seem to really be spoken about at the moment or isn't being spoken about widely. I mean definitely not on the groups that I subscribe to but we are not traditionally a team who is dangerous from set pieces. We're not traditionally a team who are who no from sorry. corners I, I mean last year we were all absolutely screaming into the ether and I, I mean I will say this Pepe question mark delivery question mark is this just a simple fact of we have someone who is delivering vicious balls into the box as opposed to I know Toby you were you were saying to me a while ago in a messenger group that you found it really interesting that Granite Jacker had gone from being a primary set piece taker to being a never set piece taker. And now Pepe, who, for me, I mean, when we've been talking about him last month, we've been talking about him maybe lacking a bit of technique, lacking a bit of finishing technique, lacking a bit of final ball technique. Then he smashes two free kicks in and starts delivering us goals from set pieces from corners. Is this just an evolution of Pepe? Just confidence, mate. Like, he's finally... He's finally getting the self-belief. He's finally getting up to speed physically. You know? That's pure and simple all it is. And and we always expected, once the first one came, and we thought it was going to be the pen, it, it wasn't the pen, but when the first couple came, the floodgates opened. And um, that's what it's down to. It, it's self-belief and... And getting physically up to speed. So no more short corners, thank God. Yay! We mm. still do them, but mm. it's great. And it is interesting as well because um, all of the things that Jacker is not, and we have 
no doubt they're going to get there with the angry black Silla. He's fucking texting me and in, asking uh, me why we started early. And I'm like, we fucking didn't start early, cunt. He's fucked up the... He's fucked, he's up, fucked up his daylight up the, savings uh, time. The time zones. You, and he made fun of me for time zones. Anyway, Xhaka actually... You are a time zone. Xhaka actually took over from Urzel as our primary set-piece delivery taker. So you would hazard a guess that um, that Pepe is um, is pretty fucking good. So I, I think we, we've only got a small sample size, but um, a whipped-in and dangerous delivery against a Palace team who's usually pretty adept um, at defending set-pieces, being a, a Woy coach team, we... Um, yeah, we got two two lucky ones early. Mm. I'm going to cut this middle bit out because I can't move on to fucking new discussion points until Manny gets into the room. Now that he's saying he's going to get into the room. Yeah, right, look, well, I'll look, go I'm going to keep it recording. I've written down the Get another beer. 30, 30. <laughs> what's, what's big Black man but it means he had something to do. He had a big man ting. Or black black man time. Black man time. Big man ting. Oh, that's it. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, it's not. He's it's a big man ting. We will cover this when Manny enters the room. It's not. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's, it's not. It's a big man ting. <laughs> I thought that was a really good fucking, like, I'm not Doctor Strange. I don't control time. I, I feel like that. I don't even know what the fuck Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange is. Doctor Strange is the fucking guy, Toby. The fucking Burnder Band ham- Camper Batch, right? Who fucking spins wheels yeah, yeah. of but, orange oh, shit yeah. and then, like, controls time, man. Mike, sure, fucking dickhead. That's who Doctor Strange is. I'm not hey. a fucking dickhead. You You're obviously dickhead, don't know how daylight savings work. Big man team. Bitch, even if it was daylight saving, I would have been here on time. What the fuck's wrong with you? You told me 12 UK time. I told you... I never told you a time. Max, I'm a I never told you a man. time. I will fuck you up. You said Manny 12 Riz, UK time. Blackzilla. Man, man it, it fucking changes, man. I'm not Doctor Strange. I don't have the fucking the fuck stone you mean of time it changes? It doesn't change. Why don't you just do what Ryan does and have... Exactly. I was just going to bring it up. Thank you, Toby. You called me weird. I have everybody's time zone in my phone. Just for that reason. That would make sense. When somebody tells you 12 UK time, then I'm going to show up at 12 UK time. I never said, send me the fucking screenshot (laughs) where I was even marginally smart enough to know what time. I don't even know what time it is in fucking Australia and I'm here, Mandy. Why would you trust me for any type of fucking guidance on anything? You do realize this is the person that's missed the guns podcast like what two or three times because of this very situation. You're gonna rely on him to give you a time in in it's your time always, zone. Always, always twelve. That's definitely UK your time, fault. Bro. Always twelve UK. Not time. only that, but I have tested Fergus before the day before, being like, "Hey man, what's going on?" He's like, "It's tomorrow," and I'm like, "Cool, I'll go back to bed then." What the fuck ever. <laughs> <laughs> Skinny little runt. Manny Riz, welcome to the room. We were kind of scooting around some stuff because I kind of said at the start of the podcast that, you know, you've been been really calm, (laughs) really methodical, really, you know, you've been really, 
You know, whereas other people had been angry and wanted to slice people's throats and kill people and do all this stuff. You know, I've been really impressed with you this week, Manny, because you've you've been like... I went to say Goda then, but that's cheese. Who's not Buddha, but the guy who set himself on fire? Or did he starve himself? Who was Gandhi? the one... That's what I'm trying to say, Goda. I was thinking about cheese. I'm already fucking drunk. Goda. Um, yeah, <laughs> but Manny, you've been calm. You've been calm, bruv. Why don't you, why don't you tell us about how calm you've been? How you feeling, buddy? You okay? Well, just woken up, so yeah. Um, what the fuck are you I even mean, talking I about? Mean, I haven't not... been calm at all, bruv. Uh, I haven't I know. been calm at all. Do you know how long <laughs> I've been of... waiting for this shit? All right. Do you know how long I've been waiting for this? <laughs> shit? I've been keeping like this Like I said, we for scooted ages, around but... stuff. Yeah? We scooted around stuff. Well, we didn't bring you. up certain topics because you weren't in the room on time like you were meant to be. You know, so I mean, that's a, right. a, that's, that's a blemish on your fucking report card for this Ask Brothers Manny. But we'll, we'll give you the same opportunity that we've given everyone else. Right. Also, Manny, I'd just like you to give Ryan a quick round of applause. For I'll what? Wait. Just clap him and then I'll tell you why. Just clap no, him and I'll tell you don't, why. Don't tell, him, don't, don't tell him why. I'm almost about to open another, so... Oh, oh you're, you're just, fucking just... drinking, huh? <laughs> 6 a.m. He's into his third that. beer. I, we gave him a round of fucking okay. applause. I'd give you yeah, a fucking round of applause. That's because you're a bunch of degenerates. That's three why. Beers. <laughs> <laughs> Matty Riz, I'm going to give you the yeah, same man. opportunity I gave everyone else. So, mm. we have taken four points from nine this month. It has been a dire month. Mm. I questioned the guys, not only on how they were feeling, if they were in... A state of depression, a state of malaise, or you know, a state of false positivity, expecting that players coming back are going to do something. But I also brought this point up, so I'd like you to handle both. Manny Riz, did you know All that right. in the last three games, we scored a mm. header against Bournemouth after eight minutes and proceeded to score no more goals until the end of the game? Did you know that we then didn't score at all against Sheffield, then we scored two goals from set pieces against Crystal Palace in under 13 minutes and proceeded to not score again for the rest of the game, giving us a draw, a loss, and a win, and four points out of nine. Mm. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck indeed. Um, ugh, where, where do we even start, man? Where do we even start? <sighs> Is anyone surprised, first of all? Man, let's go in. Let's go in. Like, straight no chase, right? Straight no chase, no lube. Let's just go in. This has been one of the sh- like one it. of the shittest months of football. I actually enjoyed the international break. I was happy for the international break, bro. That's how bad we've been because we are so boring, right? We are so... I wouldn't even say predictable, right? But, but... We suck! We suck. I don't know what else is there for me to say. We suck. It's boring to watch. Nobody knows what they're doing. We are not good at anything. We're not good at defending. We're not good at playing out from the back. We're not good at tackling. We're not good at scoring goals. We're not good at creating goals. We're not good at anything. Right? There's nothing to look forward to watching this team at the moment. So four points from... What three games that you would have expected us to get maximum points in is no surprise at the moment. I would be shocked to find anyone who would have told me that they are confident going into every single game that we would have been better than the last. It's been so bad. 
And there's only one man to blame for this shit. The greasy Dracula himself. Oh, mate. Have you guys gone in about this Fucking guy? unit. That's a new one, Manny. Unit Emery. Do you know who he looks like? He looks like uh, Anthony Garcia at a casino. That's who Unai Emery looks like. Yeah, mm. but like worse looking. Oh, worse, Garcia. like, yeah. Anthony like, Garcia, you could... Have you guys ever seen the like Mighty Manny Ducks? Said, greasy Dracula. I've, I've, I have I like ever that. seen the Mighty Ducks? Of course. I don't know if it's just Mighty an Duck. American thing. I don't know. So he. Quack. So okay. Quack. Quack. Exactly. Quack. Was he in Mighty Ducks? No, no, no. no. I just think of him. D two. D two. He's Gordon Bombay when he get when Bombay gets his slicked back hair and he's a fucking dick for like twenty minutes because he gets endorsement deals. That's fucking Unai Emery. Fucking Wait, Gordon are Bombay. Are you saying with Anthony Garcia was in Mighty yeah. Ducks when he was a kid? Who the is fuck that what is you Anthony Garcia? Oh my god. I'm so, so fucking Garcia confused. Is. I'm so fucking confused. Let's just Look, he's just a slip so back Dracula, man. That's what we're calling him. Alright? That's what we're calling All right. him. Dick Gordon Bombay. Ah, oh, man. The, the, the head bitch right. in charge, man. I don't know what the fuck this guy so, is doing. Okay, so before we move on, because we got a lot to get through, and it's been a pretty... Listeners, I'm sorry it's been such a weird, shaky start. We're waiting for Manny. He's a cunt, but we'll, we'll let ourselves move on from that. But fuck you, I kind you of skinny have spent, prick. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have spent the last two days listening to podcast after podcast after mm. podcast about the Granite Jacker saga. So we are going to handle the Granite Jacker saga. What we're going to do is we're going to handle it now. Right, we're going to get it all out on the table. We're going to give ourselves an amount of time on the clock. And I just before we start talking about it, there's some things I want to take off the table about it. Okay, I want to take off the table that there is a social element. I want to take off the table that we all need to sit here and preface everything we say with saying bullying isn't okay, and making people have bad feelings isn't okay. And that Granite Shacker is a person and we should treat him like a human. Can we just all come to the understanding that, yes, we are all relatively good people. Some of us more than others. Some of us less than others. I'm a good person. Toby's a cunt. But can we all just put in this caveat that we understand that and then not allow that to be a part of the conversation? Because I feel like podcasts have spent like 20 minutes each this week trying to make sure that the listeners know that even though they think Granite Jack is a cunt, that he's still a human. We all agree with that. Having said that, I'm just going to have my piece on it really quickly, guys. The way I saw the incident was like this. When Granite Jacker was subbed, I thought that the jeers from the crowd were directed towards Unai Emery. I didn't think that they were necessarily directed straight at Jacker. I thought they were cheering the fact that he had finally done something that he had failed to do throughout the entire season and something that the fans wanted to see. Then Xhaka has a dummy spit, I think because he thinks it's directed at him and he feels the pressure of his own poor performance. He compounds that with the throwing of the armband on the floor where he gets a death stare from Obama Yang like you have never seen before. Then he jeers the crowd. So we're into like three levels. I'm going back to like year 10 maths now. We're going up in exponentials, right? So he's like now gone fucking dickhead to the power of three 
because he's thrown it on the floor. Then he shouts at the fucking crowd. He, he visibly mouths fuck off towards the crowd and raises his arms in a sense to tell them to keep going. And can I just add, this is all after an Arsenal that have just shipped a two-goal lead and are trying to bring on attacking players. And this is after Xhaka has then walked off the field like a slug, as slow as he possibly can. The jeers then turn into boos, which bring up this whole argument where Xhaka then storms off straight down the tunnel in the most uncaptain-like, uncaptain-like performance I can ever remember seeing in my history of watching football. So what I kind of want to do, guys, is I kind of want to talk about the incident. Not so much the social implications of the incident, but the incident. And I know for a fact we have one very, very angry black man who would like to start shouting about this. And Manny, it's your time to shine, buddy. It's your time to fucking shine. Um, how angry am I? I'm not really that angry, to be honest with you, because the guy deserved it. And I'm going to tell you why the guy deserved it, right? Because this has been going on for, I'd say, it happened in three out of four games, right? It happened against Villa, it happened against uh, Sheffield United, and it happened, obviously, against Crystal Palace, right? Where it was sarcastic cheers towards the manager, not towards him, because Granit Xhaka never gets... You know, he never gets dropped. He always gets picked. Whatever he does, he's always in a team, right? Why I'm saying he deserved it is because you brought the anger of the fans towards yourself, right? When it first happened against Villa, Xhaka sprinted off the pitch. Sprinted off the pitch because we were down, right? They'd done the exact same thing. And this time he thought, you know what? Fuck these guys. I'm going to stroll off and then proceed to piss everybody off to anger everybody even more take off the shirt slap Saka's hand like it like it wasn't even there slap Emery's hand like it wasn't even there he deserved every ounce of criticism and every ounce of booze that he received now people are going oh booing we shouldn't have done that we shouldn't boo our own players bullshit you go to certain countries right they come to the training ground they wait for you outside they know what your car looks like mate you know what i mean go to napoli and try that shit go to turkey and try that shit if anything booing is the kindest thing you can receive Anyone who tells me that fans are not allowed to boo, well, then fans shouldn't cheer when we win. They shouldn't cheer when we score goals. They shouldn't do anything. Take the emotion out of it. It's bullshit. The fans had every right to be angry because we were down. And there was a substitution to be made. Xhaka as the captain, and I said this on the last podcast, right? Xhaka as the leader again. You should be above everybody else. You should be able to conduct yourself in a manner that nobody else can come at you and go, look at what you've done. And everybody in that squad can turn around and go, you've let us down here. There's an 18-year-old that was waiting there. I, 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 I don't even know what he heard. But again, disrespectful towards him. No apology has happened yet. And we're expected to be nice and, and consider he's a human. The fans are humans too. Look at the bullshit we have to deal with. 
Look at the shit we've had to take from Ivan Gazidis. Look at the shit we've had to take from Wenger. The lies, the deceit. And then in four years, we've had to deal with shit performances after shit performances from Granit Xhaka. Interviews where he doesn't take any accountability for his actions, where he blames everybody else, where he says he was scared to get on the ball, when I should be the captain because I've captained everybody else. He's an arrogant prick who has never learnt from his mistakes and who has never taken any responsibility for the part that he's taken in the shit show that we are. And he deserved every bit of it. I don't feel sorry for him. Not one bit. Not one bit. Fuck him. And I can... There's one man to blame for all of this and it's Emery. But we're going to get to that. Because if Emery, if that's your guy, if that's your boy, there's a saying here. Fuck what my boy did. That's my guy. If we go out and you start a fight, I don't care what you did. I'm backing you. I don't care if you slapped some guy's ass. I don't care if you slapped some guy's girlfriend's ass. Doesn't matter. It's me and you. Fuck everybody else. Unai Emery let one of his captains down, threw him under the bus, and let him drown. How did Unai... So I'm, like, I'm just listening to... Obviously, you're not very angry, and I accept that. Um, but... <laughs> How did Unai Emery throw granite under the bus? I'm lost with that last part, Manny. Oh, God. it's very simple. The captaincy. Alright? The captaincy. It all started when Kashoni left. A decision should have been made a week or two after that. Right? That's one. So and you're it's... saying that the pressure Emery put on top of Xhaka by holding off on it, by releasing one. to the press that he was going to ask the team that he's put this additional pressure on him and also 100%. in a way that it's made it so hard for him to substitute him and to drop him now because essentially 100%. he gave him 100% backing. All right. 100%. That makes, I mean, but it's not just I, I that, hadn't, I hadn't looked at it. It's not even just that. It's I hadn't not looked just at that. it from that perspective it's yet. Not that there's more. The, the, the system that we're playing now, you've exposed him a lot more and he's making errors even more errors he's made the most fouls in the league at the moment right with 22 so the system has exposed him even more you're asking him to do jobs that he can't do so the fans have even more reason to get on his back and then Xhaka himself with what he comes out with and what he says but it all starts with Emery you've never dropped him you've never taken him out of the firing line you've backed him 100% but when it came time to actually step up and go you know what I need to protect this guy a lot more you threw him under the bus hmm. the, Ryan, uh, the one Ryan time they took him off we came back as with 10 men against Villa so that says a lot too pathetic Ryan from your perspective is there a well, let's let let's actually split it into two. Is there a route back for Xhaka now as captain, and is there a route back for Xhaka as a player, or do you see this as the end of both or the end of one? I mean, it definitely should be the end of both. You would think when Emery appointed him as our captain, because I stress Emery appointed him as our captain. Not the players. Emery appointed him as our captain. Uh, he set forth what he wants to do, and he told Xhaka, and Xhaka is essentially Unai Emery on the pitch. He has to kind of 
lay the plan out and kind of make sure it goes according to plan and <laughs> whether it has or hasn't I don't know because I don't know what Emery's plan is but we've gotten the shit and you know just just like what Manny was saying he Emery threw him under the bus um they interviewed they interviewed Emery the day after the game and essentially long story short Emery said that he's talked to Jaka and he's told Jaka to you know apologize and kind of try to get back into the good graces now i'm not saying jaka refused to apologize but have you seen anything on social media about jaka i was i was gonna ask no. you this question ryan do you not think that so he was kept under the bus something like that do you, do you not think that an apology for something like that would be within 12 hours 24 hours yeah it's funny because everyone like, again banter fc uh everyone's on you know on two sides of the um on the spectrum uh people are saying you know he needs to apologize and this that i don't think he needs to apologize but uh you know i think it would have been it would have been nice but yeah i mean it's too little too late you know you can't you can't cheat on your girlfriend and then apologize a month later i mean come on enough for not your girlfriend anymore mate she's yeah. your fiance well, uh toby for a Toby, for a more balanced, I guess for a balanced approach, I know you were maybe upset with the Arsenal fans more than anything else with the with the toxicity. With the, I think I wrote to Manny in a message that the fans were. What did I write to you, Manny? Radioactive rats feasting on the rotting flesh that used to be a great club, mm. um, which. Which was yeah yeah yeah. Well, I mean that's that Powerful is how bro. it feels at the moment. It feels that the club is radioactive. It feels like the fans are you know rabid rats. And, and Toby, I kind of wanted to get your perspective on it because you were quite vocal that you were really really disappointed in I don't know the what's the right terminology the the fandom the way that the Arsenal fans reacted to it. Yeah, I, I was just, um, I, I was blown away at the disdain. Now, I just felt that a line was crossed. And we've done this before as Arsenal fans. Like, this has been a really toxic environment for a long time. Now, I am not saying Xhaka should even be in the team, let alone starting, let alone being captain. But I felt at the time, and the way I perceived it in real time, was that there was a ironic jeer slash applause for Xhaka being subbed. Now, I realise since then, the booing came about because of the slow trudging off the pitch. So and then everything escalated. did you think that the initial jeer was from at Emery or did you think it was at Xhaka? Xhaka, straight away. Straight away. For me, watching it on TV, so I'm not at the ground, so let me put that in. I thought it was at him. In, like I said, an ironic cheer. And then as he showed any form of reaction, the boo started to grow. And whether people were following other people, I don't know. I can only say how I perceived it watching it. And I was I was shocked because I've never witnessed anything like that before against your own teammates, let alone your own captain. And the way I feel that it came about was because of the of the build-up, the amount of water under the bridge from the fans, from the Wenger era to, you know, and, and really, really the disdain 
the ire was actually aimed at Emery and not Xhaka. Now, Xhaka was at fault for his reaction, no doubt, as a leader. But f- fuck me. If I had like 50,000 fans jeering me, I would have reacted in exactly the same way. And I realise he's paid a lot of money and he's paid to be a leader and all of that shit. But tell me he's not aware of the the relentless newspaper articles about him. Like Manny said, the amount of fucking pressure Emery has put him on by consistently picking him when everyone knows that he's a weak link in that t- in that team. And that's where it all came from. And I just felt as fans, we, we crossed the line. Like it's a toxic fucking environment, you know. We did it to Wenger. And, and you know, at, at the end, possibly fans voice needed to be shown we fucking destroyed mustafi you know we destroyed jack now it's irreparable there's no coming back from this he can be a squad player but he can't be captain and he won't be a starter you know how many players do we need who's next who's next you know we've done it to to Urzel to some extent you know and you could argue that some of that was a little bit more deserved Honestly, how many times as a fan base are we going to turn to the next person and take mob and bullying tactics to take someone down that we single out as the problem, even though that we're not involved with the match day or the training squads or anything? Okay. So I just think it's a bit of a dangerous path for us to go down. Okay. Well, and that's my perspective. I want to put this. I want to put this question to Manny then just quickly and then I really do want to round this off because I think we've we've had a really great conversation we got both sides of the arguments maybe even maybe even more than both sides of the arguments but Manny in kind of taking on board what Toby has said which I think we can all agree with that there there is an element of toxicity and there is an element where the fans shouldn't be crossing and and I've made my sentiments clear I don't dislike booing I don't dislike cheering. I'm not someone who's like, you should never boo one of your players. Obviously, when we're looking at the balance of what happened has happened afterwards, people throwing things at cars, you know, the Twitter sphere, all of this shit that we deal with on a daily basis of keyboard warriors and stuff like that. But my question really to you, Manny, is do you think that this is just a build-up of emotion and, and, and that in a way the fans can't be blamed for having in a way the fans can't be blamed for this being the tinder pile that set the fire that that the embers were already there and everything was already bubbling before this happened and this may just be you know the the struck match that sets everything off man listen (laughs) a line that was not crossed right i'm not i'm not buying that at all where the line was crossed is where people go on his on his Instagram and on his Twitter and message his wife and 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 you know send abuse when he's you know posing a picture with with his kid. That's where the line is crossed. When you're being booed off the pitch, which is actions that you've brought on yourself, right? Because you've made the situation about yourself, right? That hasn't crossed the line. How else are the fans going to? show their emotions within reason booing for me is in within reason everything else when you go to personally attack the guy and his family that's when you cross the line 
So I don't understand where all of this shit is coming from where, oh, the fans did like you should have done better. The fans have been more than patient, especially with him. Because his mistake last season cost us the Champions League in the Brighton game, right? But the fans never really addressed that. The Europa League final, the fans really didn't deal with that. And then this season, after the summer that we had, again, the fans were like, you know what, we've made some great signings. Let's let's just see what happens. The fans have been more than patient with this shit. They've been more than patient with Xhaka for more than three, four years. The guy has not improved and he hasn't attempted to improve. Now, there has been some embers, like you say, since last season, since throwing away the opportunity to be in the top four. And the fans... For us fans not dealing with what has happened, this was the last straw. How else are the fans going to be able to make themselves heard? By the manager, by the players, by the board, by doing what happened on that match day. Because fans, nobody else listens to the fans. We're just expected to sit on our hands and back these players no matter what. I don't believe in blind loyalty. I believe that if you've pissed off with something, you let it be known. And they did let it be known. Emery is in deep shit. But the, these players need to understand that you owe us as well. Because if fans go up and down the country and all around the world to come and see you play, you owe us performances. You owe us at least some effort. You owe us to be respectful. Not of the, not just the fans, but of the club. What Xhaka did not only brought the club into disrepute, but it brought the team and it put the team in danger as well. So fuck this shit about, oh, you know, we crossed the line and shit. No lines would have been crossed had he had acted like a captain. No lines would have been crossed had he had been the bigger person, had he had been the leader that... The team apparently appointed him to be. But he wasn't. He let everybody else down. He let himself down. He let the club down. And he got what he deserved because of it. Ryan, last word from you. And and, and I guess to wrap it up. Um, do you think that the line got crossed at the ground with the booing? Or do you think the cross of the line has happened since then with the excessive abuse are, are you are you pro or are you negative booing where do you stand on the thing <laughs> it's funny uh in america booing is probably no not probably booing is more popular than cheering uh booing is booing is american sports culture um teams are always booing team uh oh, fans, excuse me fans are always booing fans are showing up to games with paper bags on their heads and uh, yeah they cut holes in the paper bags and they wear them on their heads just because their team is so bad so yeah we 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 are the king booers of uh of sports but i don't know how to feel um i've listened to a bunch of podcasts um i've listened to many the great many and uh, i i still i'm i'm it's tough because on one hand you know you know being brought up with the booing, uh, I it's fine. I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, 
Jaka put us in this position. He put the fans in this position. So did Emery. But in the same respect, it's we are toxic. Our fan base is toxic. Our fan base is divided. Our fan base is fucked. And I do think that um, – shout out to Clive on Arsenal Vision. Kind of what he said was, I think this could affect us long term. And I think that it could maybe affect signings. It could affect – you know new manager appointments it could affect these things but um i you know i just think overall it's it's a lose-lose we no one no one came out as a winner no one came out um looking good um it's tough ryan let me tell you something bro racist abuse doesn't stop black players going to italy all right so this shit that Mm -hmm. oh you know is gonna have repercussions in the in the in the future boo fucking who People will still well. Any good player can silence the any any good player could silence the fans. I believe exactly. that. So so any well, player would want Toby to come to Arsenal t- regardless to- of this bullshit. I could just see someone leaving. Toby. Someone that wasn't gonna leave can now will, might now be like, oh, since this happened, oh, like maybe like a Torreira. Cool. Might be There's like, the oh, door. Maybe I should get out of here. Right. There's the door. Go then. Yeah. Go then. This is a part of football. Toby and I were Man briefly up. talking about this today, and this might just be a an indicator of the new society that we live in now you know we we it's like i always say right and i know no good stories ever start off with like i always say but it is like i always say right we cannot let our present be dictated or be directed by our past so social media is part of our present right it's something that has existed for a grain of sand in time it's something that's existed only in modern football and you know what if players if i was a professional sports player i wouldn't be on twitter and i certainly wouldn't be on on facebook or instagram or any of those things i i think that's i think that's something you're asking for trouble yeah, absolutely. And if it's one thing to get up and read the back pages. I don't know if anyone watched the Ian Wright and Dennis Burkamp YouTube thing Hell where they got yeah. together and Ian Wright uh, Ian yeah. Wright asked Dennis Burk Ian Wright asked Dennis Burkamp when you had come into the club were you aware of all of the pressure that was on you? And Dennis Burkamp says, "No, we were living in a hotel and I wasn't reading newspapers." So because he wasn't actively reading newspapers, he had no idea that people were calling him a flop, you know, and that he wasn't going to do it. And I just think that in one way or another, this is a symptom of modern society and we need to accept that fact. And I'm talking primarily about the social media aspect, people going after him on social media. So wrapping it all up and putting it to bed, guys, I see both sides of the argument. I see Toby's side of the argument where he feels really upset that I guess the idea that Arsenal, as Arsenal fans, we always saw ourselves as, I don't want to say this in an arrogant way, but maybe I always saw us as a little bit better than the rest, as in we didn't sack managers all the time, our players weren't in the newspapers, you know, doing horrible shit. We've always seemed to have an element of decorum. And now it seems like that toxicity that has existed for like quite a long time in the Premier League has seeped into Arsenal is here to stay. And maybe that's just a, an indicator of, of where we are as humans at the moment. 
And I know that I said we weren't going to get into social commentary. Toby's popped up a message saying you said no social commentary. But I guess the, the fundamental thing that I'm, I'm trying to get out here is that maybe the reactions of a modern football fan are always going to upset an older style football fan. And that what we're seeing now is we're seeing a fan base who are at breaking point because of the football, because of the results, because of the deploying of a player who is clearly underskilled and under physically attributed to be able to play in the position. And I agree with all of the things that Manny has said with Emery throwing him under the bus. I agree with all of that. I hadn't thought of stuff that much. Anyway, we said we were going to give 10 minutes to it. We've given half an hour to it. Guys, three, two, ones, one, two, threes for the month. So our three best players of the month and our three worst players of the month. And I can tell you guys that this has been a really fucking strange month because usually we would see with our scores some kind of parity, as in we would all be voting for someone or we would all be be voting negatives for someone and our scores this month have been absolutely all over the place and there's one person in the negatives who probably doesn't deserve to be there and there's one person in the positives who may or may not deserve to be there but I guess we'd be hoping it would all level itself out by the end of the month so guys I figured we would start off by talking about our player of the month so our player of October yes our player of October, and guys, coming in with a score of positive 20, minus 7, for an overall score of positive 13, Callum Chambers returned to his right-back position. Toby, are the nightmares of Montero finally over for Callum Chambers? Mm-mm. No, they'll be back. He still has exactly the same issues physically as he did before. He's just a much better and more technical and experienced player. Get him into the centre. Get one yes, of those please. fucking total mm. bloody what's the word I'm cunts. looking for? Clowns out of there. Shit cunts. And let's move forward because he's proving himself a very, very good um, clearing centre back, tackling centre back, and and especially a ball playing centre back. Chambers. Chambers for president. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Matty Riz, Callum yeah, Chambers man. has arguably been our technically, <laughs> technically our best player on the ball mm. for the last month. I think I was reading a stat somewhere. I don't have it in front of me, but I think he's had the most touches of any Arsenal player, the most completed passes mm. of any Arsenal player. Yeah. Is, An is, indictment of the technical ability is, of is, our Yeah, team. Is, is, and, and this is what I was going to ask you, Manny. Yeah. Does that mean that Arsenal are fucking awful? Or does that mean that Callum Damn Chambers right. is actually really, really good? Man, listen, it, it may be a combination of both, but I know I know for one thing that we are definitely terrible. Like our passing stats are down <laughs> from last season. Like we're worse we're worse off at every every aspect of football at the moment than we were a year ago. But still, we need to give the praises to Callum Chambers because I didn't realize that he had that sort of you know technical ability in terms of you know his passing and he did try to support you know the attacks you know a few times. That's just not his game. That's why we even need his, to get him back in the touch. center. We need to get him back. We need to get even him in touch, the center. Even of his defense, touch, man, he bringing bringing balls down like little Croy yeah. turns, 
little back heels. Like the the boy has some technicality he's, to him. He's and got some techers, man. I don't know whether that's been driven by a year playing in midfield at Fulham. I always knew Callum Chambers was a good passer of the ball. I always knew that he was a, a, a technical, a, a, a player who had a high technique. Um, but never to this, never to this degree, and especially considering, like Toby just said, it's not like he's all of a sudden become faster. I think he's a little bit bigger. I think he's a little bit more physical than he was prior. But you know, the guy who got roasted by Jefferson Montero is still very much him. I mean, Zaha had him on toast in in the game against Palace. Absolutely, Zaha on toast. has a lot of people on toast, bro. He has a, he has a lot of people. Yeah, on toast. exactly. You know what I mean? I'd say that was I one really of the, that was I one gave of Callum Chambers negative I gave Callum Chambers negative points against Crystal Palace. I don't know whether yeah. anyone else agrees but he was also yeah, almost our best player on he was also almost in a way our best player on the pitch at the same time. He was both very good and and a little bit average in that game. And he got roasted. And just made a couple of big errors. But overall, his display was pretty good. Yeah, he's a, He just made such big errors that he couldn't mm. overcome those. Essentially, three games, he's, three games he's been solidly back in the team for now. And, I mean, we're going to get into it later on. But surely we have to find a spot for Callum Chambers. Guys, coming in with two points. So, Callum Chambers, man of the month, three points. Guys, coming in with two points. A really strange one. A strange one because we haven't really spoken about him and he's in this position because obviously had he had a particularly good game. But Socrates coming in with two points. Ryan, has Socrates been good enough to be Arsenal's second best player of the year or do you think this is just an indicator of how weird this month of football has been? He He's so... Uh, he's a weird one. I, I've talked to Manny about this. I He just looks like... A, a guy that's going to take you out back and rough you up. Uh, but he's got pace. He def- defends well most of the time. Um, I-, I thought VAR would really come in and kind of screw with him a little bit and kind of screw with us a little bit, but he's been pretty... Well, it kind of did, seeing they fucked mm-hmm. him. Well, yeah, but... the opposite way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, maybe Manny brought it up to me before. He... He's got some pace on him. He, he's a, he's a fast man. He's fast dude. Um, he was he was up. He was first behind your banging man in the sprint stats. A couple yeah. Of okay. Yeah. Yeah. First signed to uh, I think it was a sixty meter sprint. So that that's pretty. Um, I, don't why, I don't know why everybody yeah, keeps saying cool. that he's slow. Listen, even in the Palace game, he he went head to head with Zaha and won. Yeah. I was just, yeah. All right, he went head to head with Rashford mm. at United and won. The guy's not slow. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's got a burst. Mm. That's what Socrates has. That, that Zaha has one was especially. That was especially good. But he's got a little burst. Yeah. My got, only I, problem I with him is he's fast mm. over forty meters. I think he's fast over. I, I think he's pretty explosive. He's got a big fat Greek ass, full of satsiki, and and full of hero. Probably got a fat Greek cock too. What, what, what? Yeah, I what? bet you he does. Dude, Greeks have big fucking dicks. No, dude. I heard... Uh, no, I'm... Manny? Why? No. Lord's no, going to no, strike me on. down. No, why? Why? Why, <laughs> are, why are we talking about why? other dicks? This no. Is the nah, it's important. Manny, this is important. This is no, very listen, important. listen. You can make dick jokes, but leave <laughs> so Socrates' what did dick you hear, out Ryan? Ryan, what did you hear about Greek dicks? I want to know. 
I I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not you know I'm not a numbers guy when it comes to size and girth but I have heard from multiple people doctors (laughs) doctors I've heard from doctors that the average Greek penis is bigger than the average black penis so draw conclusions like that from what you will but Greeks are packing heat. So what you're saying is Socrates gets his burst, his five-meter burst from his third leg. It's like a fucking fin, probably. Just propels him. That's probably what happens. He's like a three-fin dolphin. No one can outrun a three-fin dolphin. They existed, man. Go go back in books and shit. Like exactly. Like dolphins. They fucking existed. What the fuck are we talking but about? The one, hold on. But the one thing I will say with Socrates is that pisses me off to no degree. And I said to you guys, cause you guys are like, Oh, Socrates is yeah, so diving. good. He's actor. a fucking terrible actor. The play he, actor. His, his diving has got to stop. He's going to get caught. He's going to get in trouble. I, uh, me and many are talking about this again. I think it was him. It was, um, it was him against Villa. He, he puts his face against Wesley's knee and starts holding yeah, his face on the ground. Awful. I'm, awful. That was he, he had two really bad dives against Palace too. Like he, I'm, he you, mean, needs to you mean the get, Superman head arms in, he needs out to keep dive? his head in the game. Yeah, he needs to keep the his Superman head in the game. Superman arms out dive with the no fucking contact where he just like jumped on the floor and was like, ah. Yeah, like like like. Yeah, well, I'd I'd like weird. to just bring that back just just for people to think and then talk no further. Like, do they fit within Arsenal values? I don't think. so. I think they fit within modern football values. No, and I think this comes no, back no, to no, what no, I said no, at no, the no, end no. of the Granite Jacker thing. You I think modern that. football values. No, we can't have that, man. Lacazette did it against Vittorio, and it made me it made me sick. It was so it made me sick. Lacaz. Yeah. Me too. And Lack is actually hard as fuck, and he made us look like a bunch of pussies. But as, as long bad as we've only. I didn't like it, but he wasn't getting calls. And so that's what he had to do. I don't, ag- I don't agree with it. I don't think that's what he had to do. Scottish player. Like, we, our team is made up of players from. You know, I was looking at it. Uh, I, was, I was looking at our 11. I think it might have been for the Palace game. And I was looking at our 11. I was like, fuck, there is like. I, I think there was 10 different countries. Repre- represented in Arsenal's team, ten different countries. There'd be more. With one, oh, no, 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 no. There were two French, two French. Whatever the fuck mm-hmm. Aubameyang is, which I always forget. Gabonese. Gabon, Gabonese. Yeah, which is like a country the size of my fucking balcony. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there was two French, a German. There was a Spanish. Anyway, I'm not going to go through all the countries, but essentially there was one English and one Scottish. And honestly, guys, I'm, I, I don't care. Every other fucking team does it. This comes back to something that I said in the whole Granite Jacker debate, where I was talking about this idea that Arsenal is somehow, that, that we're somehow better or that we're somehow, you know, we, we hold ourselves to a higher level. I mean, fucking the, the Wayne Rooney fucking dived on a challenge from Sol Campbell to end the Invincibles. Anyone Max, remember that? Max, I mean, fucking I Robert Pires. Robert Pires dived against Portsmouth. 
oh, to get a goal in the final minute, which is the only reason why we're invincible. Max, so I don't I give really a fuck, man. That doesn't mean about no, diving. No. It's in every fucking element of football. I don't care. It's part I of football. Get be. fucking used to no, it. No, fuck that. But it is. Fuck that. But it is. So who gives a fuck? Get on with it. Who gives a fuck? No, fuck that. Your men. Your men. What the fuck is this about diving? About it's not diving fucking rugby. As a part if you want to watch fucking no, tackles, fuck that. go watch fucking fuck rugby. That. Go watch fuck the that. fucking Football World is a Cup man's game. Bullshit. Football is a man's game, all right? You stand up and you don't think it's a man's fucking game. Right? It's 11 men versus 11 men. Don't give me that bullshit about, oh, it's a part of the game. It shouldn't be a part of the game, but we shouldn't be doing it. I don't give a shit. I'm not saying I like it. I'm saying it exists. I don't care. It exists. I don't care, right? Why is it that Arsenal should be you know, a class club, blah, 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 but then you are okay with everybody else doing the, like, us doing the same shit as everybody else? Fuck that. Especially when it's as blatant as Socrates as that can say. Fuck that. I don't want to be... I'm just that. saying it exists. Please, we're already, we a, we're already a bunch it. of bitches. We shouldn't be even more bitches by play acting. Get out of here, man. I'm not saying I like it. I'm saying that I accept it as a part of modern football. Suck my as there are balls, not very many bruv. English fucking players anymore. Suck, and suck, do you know what? If I want to watch proper old-fashioned football, I'll go watch the fucking... Is it, what's the League One called now? I'll, I'll go watch the fucking championship. Suck my balls, If I want to go watch like real... But I'm not saying I fucking like it. I would prefer it not to exist. I'm just saying... It's almost like a conversation now that we're having over and over again, and football has changed. It's soft now. Hold on, but you say this isn't rugby, but did you see Genduzi's tackle on Zaha at the fucking very end of awesome. the game? I Made fucking love loved him it. Even more. Oh, I, my my dick can't Imagine get harder if talking Shaka about him. Done it. I can't. He's the best. He's what legal, right? Toby? He's twenty. Yeah, he's good. Imagine if Shaka had it done. Oh, that's the type of thing he would have done. We'd have shouted at him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Told him to fuck off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because Gendu- Genduzi is the golden bald god. We love him for it. Well, love we do it. all love, love Genduzi. But, guys, we've gone completely off topic in true Ass Brothers fashion. So, our one point for the night. So, three, po- three points, two chambers for the month. We've got two points for Socrates. And, guys, coming in at one point, Saka. Really weird. He didn't pick up more than a one point from any of us for all of the games, but we regularly gave him one point. So Saka coming in with nine single points from three games. Isn't that interesting? Because he's he's the only way, Max, of driving our play forward in a stagnant team with ridiculous spacing, no creativity from midfield, and literally passing in straight lines that can easily get intercepted by the opposition or where the opposition can just sit back. He is literally, maybe Pepe has come along, but he was literally the only player that could drive at a defence and push them back. Well, I was going to say, with Pepe finding form, we are really, really, really well set for the next three years on wings because I will put my hand up now and say that a year ago when Saka broke into the team with that performance, when everyone was, I've forgotten who was it, against Frankfurt but Saka broke into the team Frankfurt and Saka broke into the team and everyone was losing about it I remember being on a Guns podcast and I remember specifically saying on that pod on Guns and Yellow Ribbons saying everyone pump the brakes like pump the brakes on this kid how is he better than anyone else how is he better than a Wobi? how is he better than any of these guys 
I will put my hands up now and say that I think Saka may be the best debutant that I've seen at Arsenal since Jack Wilshere. I want to say, as in youth product through to full team. I mean, as excited as I've been. I know Jackie didn't end up being what we wanted him to be or what he could have been. But I mean, could have used him at the moment. With a yeah, movie. well, I mean, <laughs> used which used which Jack Wilshere, Toby, the Jack Wilshere you want or the Jack Wilshere? Well, I fit exists. Jack. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, I, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm yeah. just really sort of trying to pile on enough praise onto Saka here to say, I really cannot remember, and I'll put it to you guys: if you guys remember a youth team prospect, the last youth team prospect to take his opportunity in the first team as well as Saka. I'll let that marinate. Says hmm. Fabregas. Well, Genduzi, but he wasn't really youth team. Yeah, he's never. He, uh, Genduzi never played the youth team. He went right to the Genduzi first. Genduzi almost doesn't Cesc count. Fabregas, Genduzi yeah. almost doesn't count because he came straight in. Sesk. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Cesc. he ever played for you. Yeah, may, maybe Jack. Jack. Maybe. maybe I would Cesc. say Sesk. Sesk. Yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty special to be given your opportunity in the club. And in two months, I mean, I know the Ask Brothers rank cast three two ones and one two threes isn't a statistic that Opta uses, but by our own they metric, should. By our own fucking metric, since Saka has come into the team, he's been in the top three players since he came into the team. That's now tragic. I don't remember that happening. I remember Awobi coming into the team and being very good, but I don't think that Awobi ever would have come into the team been at the level that Saka's at. So, guys, let's go into our, our, our negative players for the month. And I just I want to put a little caveat on this, right? So, there is a player who's ended up with minus points, bad minus points, and he's ended up with bad minus points because we all negatived him for one game. But he's by no means been the worst. Uh, and, and, and we'll get to him in a second, but I, I know it's going to cause some conjecture when it comes up. But the guy who I really want to speak about, the guy who's really interesting in our bottom three, is Aubameyang. So Aubameyang came in for zero positive points, minus seven points for a score of minus seven. Zero goals for Aubameyang. Looks really unengaged, looks as low touch as he's ever been. And even in a 4-4-2 against Palace with Lacazette there, seemed to drift really heavily out of the game. And a kind of round table conversation, anyone jump in who wants to make a point on it, but are we at risk of losing Aubameyang? Mate, we're not playing to his strengths. We are not. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and he needs a player to play to his strengths because he's got exactly. nothing otherwise. He's not like I said, where he you can know? come deep and hold the ball up and, and link yep. the play and do all of that. No, he he's almost yep. a, a, a sort of Inzaghi, really good movement. You know, you put the ball in the box and he can yep. get away Zaghi. from the, the defender. What a throwback. Yeah, man, that guy <laughs> was a goal hanger. Well, Inzaghi in was good exactly. at one thing. Scoring one goals. Thing only. And Aubameyang is good at the same thing. But if you look, there is such a disconnect between the midfield and attack. There's nobody really feeding the balls to the attack. Yep. Aubameyang is already a low-touch player, right? But we don't even play balls in behind. Yep. We don't play to his strengths at all. At all. Except that beautiful ball from Genduzi oh, and he fucked up. That ball, was, that ball was gorgeous. But, but can I tell just, you something interesting about something. that? I was having this conversation really... with someone. I was having this conversation with someone at the bar, right? And they were asking me, 
about Aubameyang. And I said, he's not great with the ball at his feet, as in he doesn't progress the ball well. He doesn't have a trick. He's not going to drop a shoulder and go past you. He's not going to do you on the outside. He's not going to do you on the inside. He's a very, very, very one-dimensional player who happens to be maybe the best in the world or you would say top three in the world at that singular dimension. So surely, if you have Aubameyang in your team, are you not setting up your team for Aubameyang? You should. You should, 100%. Golden boot winner, yeah, you definitely definitely should. should. But then again, we don't play to anyone's strengths. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we don't play to anybody's strengths at all, you know. Uh, that that's why when players are performing well, it's in spite of the tactics, not because of the tactics. You know what yeah. I mean? We we yeah. don't play to. We're wasting him. Yeah. We're wasting. Him. This is a guy who went toe to toe with Robert Lewandowski every season he was in the Bundesliga, and Robert Lewandowski is one of the best. Period. Right. And what Aubameyang was good at, balls from out wide. Balls in behind. A multitude of finishes where he would get in front of the back defender. Back post finishes. All sorts. Can, I, can I just say, finishes. the two players that we sold, the two players that we sold, suited him the most. Uh, Wobi and Chamberlain. And Mkhitaryan. We didn't sell Mkhitaryan. Yeah. We loaned him, but I get your point. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm going to throw a really big one out there, and this will come up later when we do our... Uh, manager and our formation uh, predictions or desires but at the moment I would be backing Lacazette as a creative number nine or nine and a half with the way we set up over Aubameyang and he has a spell on the bench and he comes on to change the game like when he did when he went on that goal scoring run you know against Fulham against Leicester mm, where he was yep. coming off the bench but we don't have a manager who's bold enough yep. to do that now do we? I've been saying it for a very 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 long time and he's been yeah and, and I think our scores have reflected I think we're kind on him to some extent for not giving him negatives but he often gets a zero if he doesn't score no he we gave him fucking month. loads of negatives this month toby we gave him fuck or, tons no, no, of but, negatives and i think the fact that we gave yeah, him yeah. so many negatives is an indicator of the fact that if he is not scoring he's crap he's crap you know a, a friend of mine um posted a video on on the ass brothers page about a week back and it was obamiang's 100 goals for dortmund I reckon 85 of the goals were back post tap-ins. Not joking. Back post tap-ins from balls smashed back across the box and not even balls from the byline smashed across the box. Like balls from the edge of the 16-yard box curled into the back post. No Bamiyang just using that little bit of pace to tap in. And I really feel like we are at a huge crossroads. A huge crossroads. And you know what? We were going to handle this later, but fuck it. Let's handle it right now. I genuinely believe that we are we have two world-class players in our team right now, and they are Aubameyang and Lacazette. I genuinely believe we're at huge risk of losing, if not one, then both of them to bigger, better teams. And I think that those two 
are so important for recruitment, so important for retention, and so important for ethos and culture at Arsenal. They're the best thing that's happened to our club since Wenger left. And if those two walk out the door and go to another club, I'm telling you it puts us back three years in our plan to get back towards anywhere near the top. It's almost, I'm going to say, almost as important as the Alexis Sanchez Ozil thing. Both, both world class players that we, we, we yeah, we, we can't get rid of. I don't, I mean, at least with, with Ozil and Sanchez, like, ah, eh, we could get rid of one, keep one. We, I, I genuinely believe we need to keep both. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know if Obama, they're, they're old. Obama's a little older. I don't know if he could really. Go to he's like not even that much older, Ryan. He's yeah, like but I don't know. I don't know if he can go older. to a bigger, a, a quote no, unquote bigger he, team. He is. He is. You got. You got to back Lacazette. If you if you had to make a choice, you have to back. Toby, him. if I had to make a choice, I start Lacker. I think he's better for the overall team. But that's I've, within I've, a, that's I've within a system. That, and I've also said that for the future. That's within a system that works. <laughs> Can I throw one other thing in? Can I throw one other thing in there, please? We backed Urzel to save face because we couldn't risk losing another one of our big boys at the expense of recruiting new players. And look at what that did to us. So maybe we say no one is bigger than the club. Mm. Guys, the guy who I was talking about who came in with a negative two points for the month was Leno. That's the guy who I introduced before who I said, look, I, I think that's a not a fantastic directive of how Leno's been, but look, we all pretty much gave him negative points because I think we all thought he was at fault in some way or not for the Sheffield goal and, and not coming out. So I'm going to breeze past that one. And guys, coming in with the final spot for our, our negative three points for the month, three Shock. months running... I mean, it's not surprising. We don't need to keep talking about it. We don't need to dive into it. Zero positive points, minus 18 points for a score of minus 18. Granite Xhaka. So, Should we give him an award? I don't want to have another... He's always our minus three of the month. We might as well just like, get, no, make a plaque of just, him. He's just a symbol. He is a symbol of everything we dislike about him. Well, Emory. do you know what? And every... you know what uh, he was dead before Emery got here. Do you know what would be an interesting this isn't, conversation? This isn't new. Yeah, Toby but, didn't mean... think... Toby didn't think that he was bad against Palace. He wasn't good. And I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not. Era. I'm not throwing Toby. Um, that was not me trying to throw Toby under the bus. That was me trying good. to start a conversation, right? Because I actually, I in some ways, with agree with. I, in some ways, agree with Toby. That was not Jacker's worst game. It wasn't. Considering it was the worst reaction to him. It was not his worst game. It wasn't He's his still worst a foully, game. One directional, non-turning cunt. Yeah, listen. But it, it that wasn't was his, not his worst game. Wasn't his worst game, right? But he's still doing things like the, the, the unnecessary fouling, and he always does things that you can point to as costing us goals, right? He's always involved. It's somehow in us conceding goals. There's always Shaq is always there somehow, right? So the second goal. Mm. You know what? We don't even stop crosses in, period. We're terrible right, at doing the basics, right? And, and stopping crosses in, we, we, just, we just don't do it. But he, there was no effort from him to stop that cross coming in from MacArthur. None whatsoever. I think he was scared Scared of well. what? 
of, of committing Ma- a foul. Of, of Hasn't stopped him before. Of, of diving he's in. Scared. He's been slaughtered Toby. for that stuff. He's, he's conceded so 22 he was fouls. Very, his spacing was poor. He didn't press. He allowed McCarthy or McCartney. McCarthy. I always get those two confused. To, to, <laughs> I think it's to MacArthur. have that space and that time. MacArthur, that's right. I'll get it right. And then he was petrified of what he'd done previously because he's a bit of a divey, mustafi twat in that way. And he just kind of did nothing. So he was there in a zone. He did like your Theo Walcott type of... Uh, lip service. Type of lip service yep. to defending. And that's really what came about. I also think Louise was 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 um, partly, if not hugely, responsible for He's that goal as well. Because yeah. he let... He let um, What's his name? Ayu. Ayu just completely ghost him. There was no awareness of anyone behind him. It was it was just terrible defending. To be fair, I mean, to be, to be fair, Jacko let him go. Like when McCarthy was running, Jacko was like he saw him, and Jacko's just like slowly I mean, jogging. Jack- There's a guy. What do you want Jacko to do? What do you want Jacko to do? We kill him when he dives in. We kill him when he dives in, and we kill him when he doesn't engage. Well done, Max. Yeah, we, we kill him kill when him he dives way. in. We kill him when he doesn't engage. Like Because he shouldn't be in this fucking team. He should not be in this team. That's why I kill him. That's the point, That's Ryan. That's the point. That's <sighs> the point. It's not the player. And you know what? It's that goes back to what Manny said at the start of the podcast, where he said Emery has thrown him under the bus by relentlessly picking him. Yeah. Relentlessly and picking after when maybe he should have been pulled out of the fucking firing line. Maybe he should have been pulled out of the firing line. Maybe he should have exactly. been sat down. Can the club not come out? Can Unai not sit there and say we want to we want to pull you out of the firing line? We're just going to say you picked up a groin. Man, Let's just get you two weeks off. Let's get you refreshed. Should have done that exactly. months ago. No, but Emery's I mean, a that's fucking man moron. Management. That's what he wants. That's good man management. He's a he's fucking not that smart. idiot. Yeah, but Emery's not smart. We're gonna fucking we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it. And you know what? We're going to get into it now. Guys, let's start the fucking discussion (laughs) on who's actually to blame for everything at Arsenal at the moment. And you know what? I I kind of... I I was trying to write this stuff down. I was trying to work out how we were going to attack this, how we were going to attack this in a way that made sense, in a way that made sense to our listeners. And you know what? The only way that I can look at it and the only way I can break it down and understand it is by trying to look at what Emery is trying to achieve, right? So, Toby, I'm going to put it to you first. I'm going to put it to you first. And this is not meant to be... We're going to get... We're going to rip into what he's not doing. But, Toby, what I want to know from your perspective is what Emery is trying to do. Because I honestly think the reason why Arsenal fans are having so many issues at the moment is because they have no fucking idea what he's actually trying to do. So I'm interested, from your perspective, Toby, what is Emery's current idea? What's he trying to do? To try not to lose and win on the finest margins. I have a feeling he's an analytics type of manager. He's also a conservative manager. He's also a six-downwards manager on the table. And that, like, I, I think people are a product of their not only their own personalities but their own experience. So if he's about there or thereabouts, sixth, seventh, eighth manager, adept at going on a cut run, 
good at setting up against tactically and technically superior teams. That's the way he operates. And, and I almost feel like Arsenal um, chose that. They went for that conservative manager. It's just he hasn't done as well as, um, as we were hoping. So that's my perspective. And that's why we're so fucking dull is the fact that we're, we're set up with fear. We're set up to not to lose. We're set up to respect everyone. The obsessive analytics are nauseating to the point where not only has he killed our first team players, he's actually killed everything good about this team this year, which was the young players playing on instinct. And if we've got to summarise this last month, everything good that we had with our youngsters and the Europa League form has been whittled away by too much information, too much ambiguity, and too much fear. And that is my soliloquy. <laughs> I mean, well put. Uh, I the thing I take away, and you, you, I mean, you pretty much just said it is every manager, especially you know, you're you're at the Premier League, the 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 best league in the world. Yeah, I said it. Uh, we're a big, we're the big six. We're a big club. We we want to win. We have to win. Emery does not play to win. He plays not to lose. And that is a big reason why we're in the situation we are. And that's a big reason why I think he's gonna he's he's done for. I just think you know you can't you can't you can't be one of the top clubs in Europe and play to not lose. Like I just and and Ryan, no, sorry to butt in, it. but it worked really well against our form against the top six. But yeah, but, it's, it's but that's against other big giants. Against you can't the play that against Sheffield. Teams. You can't play that's that against Watford. You can't play that against Villa. Exactly, you can't. Exactly, he's done better against the big teams than he has against the rest of the league, and that's where we've yeah, fallen exactly, short. Yeah. Well, the best part yeah. of the direction of this conversation is that it's led us into our next talking point in fact their next two talking points kind of bind in together they scissor like slightly unattractive lesbians whose number goes up excellent lesbians like are nice. no because like they're not that good looking because everyone knows that really hot lesbians aren't gay and the ones who are like super gay are not fucking good looking like at all so Let's scissor on this conversation and start talking about... Scissor, sister. <laughs> let's start talking about two things. And I kind of... I, we don't usually put a lot of structure into the Ask Brothers, but we did put a little bit of structure in this week because I sent all of the guys a message and I said, can everyone please come up with a manager who they would like to see put in place? and a formation that they think would be better than what we're currently playing. So, Ryan, as you have the great honour of having drunk three beers before seven o'clock in the morning, I would like to start whoa, with you. Whoa, whoa, like whoa, hold on. Oh. Have you had more than three beers? Oh, yeah, there we go. This is number five. Keep up. Come on, Max, keep up. Mm. Keep up. Ryan, I would Sweet like to know IPA. who Shout your out. manager is, who your manager is, who you've selected. Uh, yeah. And I'd like to know what you would do with the formation to tweak it if you were the manager to come in. 
So formation, personnel, and a new manager. Go forth. Okay, so I'm ready. The, uh, my manager is uh, Raf Ragnick, um, former manager of uh, RB Leipzig. A little biased, uh, big German soccer fan. Uh, sorry, football. Uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, uh, he also he also managed uh, my German team in Stuttgart. But um, I mean, I'm a big I'm actually a big fan, big admirer of his. Uh, he he likes the high intensity press. He likes developing youth. He's all about bringing up youth. Um, he's very good with you know high press, counter attack, long balls. He likes to play closer together which I think is one of our biggest problems is we're very spread out, mm. especially this season. I don't know what it is this season. Fucking preach. Our defense is way too far back, and we're just playing really far apart, which I don't want to say it works. It doesn't work. It's terrible. But, like, you know, you have you have a few nice Ganduzi long balls, a few nice Luis long balls, but whatever. Um, he he requires so if, a lot of – fa- Ragnar- if Ragnar Rognok was coming into this team, what formation would he be playing in? Lothbrook, you fuckhead. What did I say? Rognok. <laughs> Isn't his name Rognok? Well, it's Ragnik. Jesus Christ. These fucking... Did, didn't, weren't you talking about Ragnar Lothbrook? Yeah, and then I got Vikings. all fucked up about it, and I've drunk like <laughs> at least four 8% beers now, so I'm starting to get fucked up. But... Right. Hey, join the club, Rag- buddy. Let's how go. Would, how would Ragnar Lothbrok uh, come into the team and change the formation of the team? Not th- not thinking about bringing in new players, but with the players we've got, assuming that Emery is on his last legs, he's on life support, assuming that someone's going to go and someone's going to come in, how would your chosen manager change the way that they play? And is that... I hope that would be based on what you know of the football he plays anyway. Yeah, so like I said, he you know, he likes to develop young talent. Um, he requires fast and discipline, disciplined players because um, his his uh, his tactics are just very like his mid, his midfield is uh, very fast, quick. You know, um, can cover big amounts. That's that that I guess people could say that could be the weakness of the way he plays is the midfield is required to work and play. Um, he, but in, in respect, he he you know, he requires quick movements, quick goals, a lot of counterattack. Which I don't know if we're really a, a counterattacking team, but we do have players that are very well. And I think our biggest signing, Pepe, is I think going to benefit the most from our counting uh, counterattacking football. Um, the way uh, he likes to normally set up in a four-two-two-two. Uh, now, if it was up to me, I think going forward we should rock a back three. But we're not talking about me. I'm not the manager of Russell Football Club. Ralph Ragnick is. So um, in rocking the four two 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 two, is that too many twos? I don't know. Who cares? Um, <laughs> in goal we have in goal we have Leno. Um, the center backs for right now I have I have Luis and Holding, only because they kind of adapt to his his tactics better in that he likes long balls I don't hate he likes that. I, I i think louise is yeah. better than what people have given him given him okay um, i yep. i With think you. that um i think that uh what's his face chambers could definitely get into the team i love chambers i want him to be center back so bad but again i'm not the manager so um 
Uh, left back, I have Tierney. Right back, I have Bellerin. And then my first two, I have Torreira and Ganduzi. And then my next two, I have Ceballos on the left. I have Pepe on the right. And then my front two, I have Lacazette on the right. And I have uh, Aubameyang on the left. And we're getting top four. We're celebrating. We won Europa. And fuck it. We won the Carabao Cup. Let's all fucking celebrate. I like it. I like it. Manny Riz, manager, formation, and why? I've gone with Nuno at Wolves. See, I like that. I like that. You and I spoke about this, and I don't I like hate Nuno. It. Yeah, but I like him because he's maximizing the players that he has right now. Wolves are not an easy team to beat. They're not an easy team to play against. We 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 saw that last season, you know, and we're seeing it in spurts this season where they're handling. You know, he's able to handle that that Europa Thursday Sunday slog pretty well, you know, considering. So, I've I've gone with him because I think with with you know with better players, I think it would be able to maximize what we have. Make us harder to beat, make us more dynamic in attack. Um, yeah, man, I, I I like the look of him. I do. I, I was gonna go with Nagelsmann, but yeah, i I've gone with Nuno. Premier League experience wins. It's a great. I like it. So where does your gone? formation sit? Oh, he's fucking had another one of his high level dropouts. He'll be back. I'll fucking message him. He's up. He's up next. He cannot have a podcast without having a dropout. It doesn't matter. I was just going to say that. I was Every literally just going to say that. Okay. He's like, oh, okay. I'll put it on my five. I'll put it on my five G. Then it won't drop out. And he's like, oh no, I put it on my fucking broadband. Did you Australians get better internet yet? On my yet? No. Did you know Australia has? Did you know Australia has the? This I think I read it the other day. The seventy second worst internet in the world. Yeah, you guys. I know. Suck, I just employed. You're getting a guy, better internet. What happened? I just did, I just employed a guy called Pov. His name's Povilus. He's Lithuanian. I fucking love him. He's awesome. He's one of the best guys I've employed in fucking years because he's just from Lithuania and understands how important a job is. You know, the first thing he said to me is like, "Man, mm-hmm. the, the internet in Australia is fucking shit." <laughs> and he loves acid, which is also oh funny. Oh my god! But for completely <laughs> different fucking reasons. Hey, Toby, we're we'll just laughing at you because it would not be an Ask Brothers rank cast without a dropout from Toby. No, it wasn't a dropout. It was my phone battery about to run out whilst I was hotspotting. So I'm on the home Wi-Fi. So, t- so watch out, bitches. Oh it's going to be bad. So, uh, Toby, where we left off, I, I, we were talking about my Lithuanian bartender who likes acid for a while for some strange reason. But we're back on fucking topic. And Manny, you were talking <laughs> you, you were talking about Nuno. And what we were interested in is what formation what do you think Nuno and what formation and what personnel do you think a manager like Nuno would implement if he came in. Oh my god, Toby Manny just, just left. Again. No, did Manny you left. Watch? No, did, did Manny not. drop Manny out? Manny dropped. <laughs> god, this Ooh. fucking sh- this it's like I'm in a horror such movie. A shit show. Who's next? I'm next. Should we do should we do mine? Should we do mine while we're waiting for Manny? So look, I started off Well, I can do mine if you want. Oh, have we not done you? You're just a forget. Only I went. No. 
<laughs> okay. Toby, who did you have for your manager uh, and the reasons why and what formation do you think that your manager would play in and how do you think that would affect Arsenal? Cool. All right. So I've got two remits and two managers from that. No, so no, no. You only get one manager. One, you don't get two. Need... Pick one. I want two managers. If he gets two, two right, I want two. Fine. No, no, no. No, you've <laughs> got to pick one. Everyone got one. That was what everyone got, Toby. Okay. Everyone got one manager. So okay. One manager. All right. All right. I want right, Klopp right, as my assistant. Right. Okay. So <laughs> we need. So seriously, fuck, fuck you all. Too many beers. So if we're going for an interim, an interim manager, which I assume we will, if we get rid of Emery right now, to keep us in the top four top four and potentially keep us in one of the cups yeah so that would to me that would entail a manager of integrity experience able to cope with different players different personalities and have some experience behind them to come in and do a very very short term like change management role or just get us to a particular purpose so i don't really think we need to find someone to throw caution to the wind and go all out attack because I don't think that's worked before in our previous regime. And I don't actually think we have the players that we think we do to attack in that way. Um, I reckon we really need to sort out our midfield and we sure as shit need to sort out our defensive structure. So for me, my preference would be Rafa. Mm. I reckon he did an absolutely... Preach outstanding job and and look can 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 i put a caveat or like uh a little layer on there is he even available from china i don't even know but he I don't did think an his amazing contract, job at i think if, if he signed a and contract a, with china and then arsenal said sign a contract with arsenal the way we know contracts in football exist i'm sure rafa would turn around and say eat a fucking dick china i'm gonna go manage arsenal okay all right but my but I'm 100%, I'm 100% with you, Toby. Fantastic. I he wanted Rafa before Emery. boring football. He played, he played a more... Yep. Oh, me too. Me too. And, and I thought when we, we chose a conservative manager over a new guy coming through with potential, we actually tr- chose the wrong Spanish conservative manager. And what he did at Newcastle in those two seasons was phenomenal. What he did at Chelsea as an interim manager was also very good. And he's got a a wealth of experience. And I feel like he made himself relevant again in terms of the Premier League with that Newcastle role. Not only um, that, but he endeared himself to one of the hardest fan bases in England. They loved him there. Mm. I mean, loved him. With an owner they hated. And I kind of thought... I was pro Rafa. So if you hadn't have chosen Rafa, Toby, I probably would have chosen Rafa. So, but because Rafa was yours, I didn't, I didn't choose him. But I was very yeah. pro Rafa because I thought when we hired Emery that primarily we were going to hire a cup manager. I think Rafa may be the best cup manager of the modern era or one of the best cup managers of the modern era. I think, he'd sort, I think yep. he would have sorted out our defence. I don't think he played like Mourinho-esque boring football at Newcastle. I think he played 
little no, he was less boring. L- than little me. of column A and he little of column like B. Wildly, but I was talking to not Fergus Guns and Yellow Ribbons, Fergus, Fergus Liverpool supporter, Fergus who who manages my bar in Melbourne, and Fergus was saying to me that that it's a fallacy that Rafa isn't a people person or isn't a people manager. He was saying to me that Rafa is very very widely liked widely liked by lots of players and lots of top players and that may in fact be the reason why he went to Real and actually had an effect at Real because he's good with big personalities he's a big name guy so uh, look I'd be all for that um I think Manny's back in the room Manny Riz you back in the room brother yeah man Toby did some voodoo shit to my internet bruv I don't know what the fuck Toby's doing I fucked you buddy it was all on purpose it was sabotage shit. Manny, so before you dropped out horrifically, we were talking about Nuno. We were talking about exciting yeah. managers. And uh, mm. I think we'd just ask you the question as to as to why Nuno and what Actually no, sorry, let's backtrack because we haven't finished we haven't finished off Toby yet. Toby, what would your formation be for bringing in a manager like Rafa and how do you think Rafa would get the best out of the squad we currently have? Toby? Oh, great. Now he's dropping. <laughs> Have we lost Toby? Hold Wait. on. No. I, I was just on I was just on mute. <laughs> Far <laughs> Toby, what formation? <laughs> what? God, the beers are all fucking sinking in. The Toby, beers what are flowing. Rafa Benitez play to get the mm. most out of this Arsenal squad with the current players that we have? Uh, look, I... I'm not going to lie and say I know Rafa's tactics so in depth that I can um, that I can reply to that um, as as well as you would hope. But the formation that I would like to see is to switch to an uh, like an away back three to utilise our squad, and then the the attributes and the strengths of the squad, and then flicker between you know a, a four one two three when we are more on the front foot so i'd like to see leno chambers socrates and louise at center back probably holding taking one of those positions in center back as um as he becomes fit again i think hector and tierney would suit quite well as wing backs in kind of like a midfield four with Torreira and genduzzi um, Pepe playing as a right wing slash inside forward, Lacquer as a centre forward slash nine and a half, and straight fight for me between either your banging man and Sacco on the left wing, coming into inside left. Well, I mean those left and right for... wingers when you have when you have wing backs don't become wingers anymore. They almost become inside forwards, and with Lacazette dropping deep, he almost releases those guys into mm. into more advanced positions with Tierney and Bellerin. Exactly. So your banger man can go into a centre-forward position anyway. That's one of the only ways you you get change out of Aubameyang out of a wide position is in a back three. I don't think you get change out of Aubameyang in a wide position in a back four. I think it's Lacquer or Ober in a back four, and I think you can get away with both of them in a back five. Back five? Yep. Me too. Me too. Uh, So what I'd like to see away would be a four one two three so one deeper 
lying midfielder. Chambers. And then two more attacking intermediate number eights. Um, so it'd be Bellerin, Chambers, Socrates with an eye towards holding Tierney, Torreira as the deepest, Genduzi as a number eight, but allowed to roam the highest, Sabios as a number eight, slightly deeper, Pepe, Laka, and probably Sacco in that particular position. And if you don't pay, if you don't play Laka, you play your banging man. I like it. Manny Riz, we were talking about Nuno before your internet decided to do a Chernobyl and turn everyone's face into jelly. But we were talking about Nuno. <laughs> what? I've had so many. Well, did you watch Chernobyl? Not I, need to, I, hear it's, I heard it's so no, it's good, Chin- I have to watch it. You haven't watched have it? You not uh, seen, Brian, you've not watched it? No. Dude, fucking Max, do you speak Ukrainian? Watch it. Do you speak Ukrainian? It's, Is it Chernobyl? It's Chernobyl. It's Chernobyl. It's not Chernobyl. We're not fucking Del Boy. It's not Chernobyl. It's Chernobyl. I'm fucking worldly. No, you're not. No, you're not. My Chernobyl no. is abducted in plain guy, sight, Manny. so that's that's my catastrophe oh, right there. Oh, oh don't even God. get me started on abducted in plain sight. That's oh. my fucking Chernobyl, okay? So oh. You see the on. one, you Hold see on. them Toby, all. If you want, Toby, oh, Toby, Toby, have you, you watched, watched abducted it? in plain sight? Have you watched it? Toby. I don't even know. <laughs> fucking we were watch about it. this on the group. Oh, the you day. have watch, to watch it. Watch it. Oh, anybody who's listening to this right now, anybody who's listening to this right now, right? Go onto your fucking Netflix, type in abducted in plain sight and watch this shit. I have never in my entire life, my 29 years of life, I have never seen a bunch of people as stupid as these people right here. Oh my God. Ryan, why did you do this? <laughs> Let hey, me man. break it down for your listeners. Uh-huh. Incest, oh. rape, aliens, masturbation, homosexuality, adultery, <laughs> oh. gay fucking handjobs. It's like it's one got it all. After it, the does, next, it does have it all. The most fucked up documentary. Oh. In That's the America, of motherfuckers. No, yeah, yeah, you fuckers are special. Oh, okay. You can't. <laughs> sus- I, I think. I think I have to watch that. Toby, it you have got to watch this shit. Next, Manny like, started it. Manny said no. it to me. I watched it. I ended up writing Manny oh. like, commentaries. Like every 10 minutes, I'd be like, what happened now? Like now he's jerked off oh. my husband. There is just <laughs> like. Shut up. There is don't, don't say anything. Spoiler. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it for people. Anyone so, listening, abducted in plain sight. It is basically oh. a documentary about Arsenal. Hold on. Before 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 we get to move on, Toby, I shit you not. Find a time when you've got a bit of time and you got a bit of downtime and you're a bit more relaxed. Get a fuckload of beers, right? Yeah. You sit there and you watch Smoke this some shit weed. You are going Smoke to some need weed, it. Weed, Toby. Oh you are going to need it. Because you will not be able to understand what the fuck is going on here. You're going to think that this is a joke. You will think this is some kind of joke, but it's not. Anyone who's listening, watch this fucking... Watch this documentary. 
America. It watch it worst, and tell yeah. us you watched it. Maybe the worst thing I've ever watched in my life. Oh, <laughs> but, the be- but the best, though. Maybe the worst, but it's the no. best. No. And the best. It's the best of the <laughs> worst. And do you know I what, Toby? Max... Watch, it with, watch it with your wife. Watch it with your wife, Toby. Oh, watch it with Mel. Max... No, Mel that's a, that's a loves. Yeah. Toby's, it's a bit, it's Toby's wife loves trash. Loves No, no, no. She loves oh, trash TV. She loves The Bachelor. She loves. Oh, she loves. She trash. loves trash, Toby. That's why she loves. This me. is the most white trash shit you will ever oh, watch in your entire no, fucking uh-uh. life. This is not. This is not even white people shit. And you know I love fucking you know just ribbing white people for no reason, right? But this shit here, this shit here, I messaged Max like, bro, you gotta tell me where this rates on the Mayo meter, right? <laughs> and he was like, you you can't even put that on there. You know what? Let's move on. No, I did. I put it. I put it on the Mayo meter. I said it was double it, egg, it doesn't belong on there. full fat mayonnaise. Oh my god! I mean, Toby it's just so fucking shit. mayo. Watch this it's shit. It's so mayo. It's aioli. It's aioli. Watch this it's shit and get back up. to us. Watch this shit and get back to us, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. what the fuck are right. you saying? <laughs> where were we? Manny Riz. <laughs> yeah. Nuno. Nuno. Manny Riz. You picked yeah, him. Man. You like him. You like what he's done. You've liked his aggression. How do yeah, yeah. you see an eleven playing out under Nuno? Or okay, how would so you gone... just change the squad? Oh man, listen, I've gone with a back three um, because I think that, you know, that was a system that served us well last season. Um, I think some of the best football that we played last season was was a back three. Um, it was a nice solution and it allowed the players that we have to play to their strengths to some respect. I don't know why we've gone away from that, but whatever. So I've gone with Leno and Goal, of course. A back three of Chambers, Socrates and Holding. I don't give a fuck how good Luis is passing the ball. He's a fucking liability. He's shit. Fuck him. Um, my right wing back of Bellerin. Uh, my double pivot of Torreira and Ceballos with Gwendouzi rotating with Ceballos. Um, Ceballos' ability to beat the press and to be able to build the play. And to have... He needs people in close proximity. Sabios, right? And then his best game, you know, in Burnley, he had people within two, three yards of him, and he was able to just pop the ball off, beat a press, do like, do what Sabios did in that game. He was really good. Um, Tierney, my left wing back, of course, and I've gone with Pepe to play in behind of Lacazette. You have fucking stolen my ideas, Manny. I love it. You've stolen my ideas. But I love it. But I love it. I love it, Manny. I like what you're talking about. Guys, for me... Has he stolen your dreams? (laughs) Stolen my dreams. You've stolen my identity. You stand by and you watch. But all you really want is schadenfreude. Is that Uh, bad? Talk about a young girl and schadenfreude? What's schadenfreude again? Swedish, not German. I don't care, man. I don't fucking care. This podcast. What the fuck so are you two talking about? I have no. Greta, Greta fucking Hulkenberg. Who the fuck is that? The Who the fuck's that? Yeah. Uh, the activist. The fuck. She's the. Is her name Oh, her name is not fucking. Oh my. Formula One driver for Renault. I know who is she her is. Name but Hulkenberg? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, you suck, Max. What? Oh. Oh, you suck. God damn it, I'd wait too many beers. <laughs> I'm going I'm to Fuck it. Everyone talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to smoke some weed. Hold on. Ah. I'm going on quiet. 
Someone talk oh. about Greta Holkenberg while I find some weed. Mm. Toby, what the fuck is wrong with your brother, man? I don't know. Okay, well, alright, the only problem... Okay, so I will say something. Where where do I where do I even begin? Yeah, that, that's like a... Conception. That should be... And then oh, we, podcast. we should podcast then, about what's wrong with Max. And then feature Toby. Jesus Christ. It's a whole podcast. Well, we could be doing for the next fucking 10 years. He needs to be psychoanalyzed. Yeah, yeah I think he does. The... the... The, prob- the problem is we run a podcast loosely based around his personality. That's the fucked up thing. I mean, I'm the American, to- so I'm the American Max, so I'll, I'll, uh, I love it. I don't mind Why it. would you even do that to yourself? <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? So you, do- you don't rate yourself at all. So and, and anyway, 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 we've gone completely <laughs> off the fucking topic, but what's wrong with my squad? What's wrong yeah, with my squad? Uh, I don't think anything's wrong with the squad. The only problem I have with it is... Um, I don't say the reason why Nuno is successful. I think a big reason why Nuno is successful is because, and yeah, let me finish. I'm going to get into it. But um, his communication and the way he gives his ideas out. Um, he, he is Portuguese. And um, okay. I well, let me preface this by saying I think he's a great manager. I would not hate him at Arsenal Football Club. Um, but I will say is... Uh, you know he's Portuguese, and I and most of the players on the Wolves, like like last season, they were fucking almost, like, you know, minus Ronaldo, they were the Portuguese national team. So it's like his his ideas, his communication with the team was extremely easy, and he got his ideas across because of you know okay. the Portuguese barrier. And now, and this is why I think it's a it's a big problem for us is we have Emery, um, native Spanish speaker trying to communicate his ideas and it, let me say i think his english has um progressed fairly well it's still i, still I don't think know. it's there i don't think it's there yet it's not about his english it's not about his english it is it right. is though it's, it's about his communication his it's about his communication it with the what team fucking language he spoke in wouldn't matter what language he's it helps spoken, right? i'm not saying it's the reason no. i'm no, 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 saying no, I'm it not, helps not, i agree with you 100 no, no, percent I agree with you 100%, but the cunt is manic in every language. Whatever you want oh, to say yeah. about him is manic oh, yeah. in every language. No, no, no. Guys, he can speak manager, perfect English. He's not right for this club. No, listen. Listen, the problem is Una Emery doesn't know what the hell he wants to do with this team. Right? A year later, we don't know what the hell he is trying to do. Okay? Right? Brendan Rodgers has gone to Leicester. Lampard has gone to Chelsea. And there is a clear idea of what they want from their team. Yep. With us now, we don't know what... And and they've had a response. They've had a response, right? There is a division within our squad. There's clear camps. When you've got Lacazette liking, you know, posts from fucking troops on AFTV telling Emery and Xhaka to fuck off. When you've got... Yeah, that's that's, that's horrible. That's horrible horrible that it's got It's got to stop. Like, that's, that's a real... Guys, there's, yeah, there's clear division there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Us club, to club. my manager and my 11, guys, before we move on. So I'm going to take a real left field approach. Oh, boy. Real left, left field, field approach. Human. Left field for you is no, no, I mean, uncharted territory. No, it, it, look, it might not be left field as in the general conversation, but it, it might be left field as in the reasons why. So I would actually like to see Freddie Lundberg board in as the next manager coach sorry inverted commas coach and there is a reason for that and that reason isn't just because 
he's the next person in line or because he's the, the assistant or because he's the path of least resistance. But the reason why I like the idea of being bringing Freddie in is I believe that as an interim, what you need to bring in is charisma. And I think what Emery lacks is charisma. I think Emery's biggest issue is that he is manic, that he is insane, that obviously he wears really thin on players really quickly. I look at someone like Freddie Lundberg and I see someone who has credit in the bank, whereas Emery's credit seemed to hath run dry. And I see Freddie as a guy who's worked with the youth players who are now making up, let's call it 25 to 35% of our squad. And I actually think that the best way to get a reaction, to get through to the end of the season, isn't to bring in a new manager who needs to bring in a new philosophy. I think the best way to get a reaction to get us through to the end of the season is to bring someone in purely on history and purely on charisma. And in Freddie Lundberg, we have an invincible. We have a guy who has been part of the youth setup. We have a guy who clearly already has buy-in from the other players. And a guy who clearly, the board, has been setting up behind Emery for a long time to bring in old Arsenal heads. I mean, we've got Pires involved in the club now. We've got Edu involved in the club now. We've got Lundberg involved in the club now. So I like the idea of Lundberg coming in as an interim. And I'm not talking about Lundberg further than the end of the season. I'm talking about Lundberg as a genuine interim to have a genuine effect the same way that Solskjaer had an effect. And then I'm not giving him a contract beyond that. I'm putting him back into an assistant position. If you're asking me about 11s, I am with all of you. I'm straight to a three at the back. I'm putting Chambers, Louise, and Holding slash Socrates in. I'm playing Bellerin and Tierney wide. I think that a double pivot in the midfield of Ceballos and Genduzzi works really well. And I'm going to go with Manny on this. I really like the idea of Pepe out of the hole. I think that he is an Ozil replacement. So good. I think he does what Ozil does but at a much higher tempo. When Ozil takes the ball, he he has a tendency to touch, 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 and get his head up. Pepe does the exact same thing, except Pepe's idea of moving forward is touch, touch, move forward. So I love the idea of him in the hole. And I agree in a lot of ways with Toby as, as how we would play four at the back and how we would drive forward. I think a new manager coming in can make two tweaks, maybe three tweaks, and the entire scope of the team changes. This team has enough good players, enough players on talent, enough players on ability and maturity that they may actually be able to self-manage themselves to a fourth spot as long as they have someone who's supportive and charismatic and able to bring them together as a group. Mm. The only problem I have with this. My only rebuttal for that, Max, is that I would say if we back Freddie, we got to back him and not end up like in another Solskjaer situation. Yeah, beat me to it. Like, we really have to make sure... Ole at the we wheel. We really have to make sure we think we have no... We have no chance of a top four before we go down the Freddie path because it's a big gamble. You know, and, and if we do, we've got to shut the fuck up and we just got to eat it and we've got to support him. And no yep. matter what happens, happens. And we don't take him down 
like we take everyone else down. See, Toby, the, the this, last this, that's thing the problem. we want is another soul shark. This is exactly the problem I have right here. This fan base, right? And and I know you know I have an issue with the Arsenal fan base as a whole. You know the 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 lack of patience for yeah. for Pepe. Yep. You know what I mean? Like people coming out and saying, yep. "Oh, he's a flop." Yeah. You know, yep. and yep. um, just. I think if Freddie is going to come in, there'll be a feel-good factor in this and that. My worry is the fans will not give him the time that he needs. They will not understand exactly. that he is an inexperienced yep. manager, that yep. this would be his I first only want him for three months. job at the I only hell. want him for three months. Listen, listen, Max. It, doesn't, it wouldn't well, matter. What are you going to do, Max? If he does well, you're going to be forced into giving exactly. him a new contract. Just like exactly. Solskjaer. My worry is that this fan base will run him out too. The Arsenal fan base is very fickle. What made me sick about the Wolves game yeah. was them singing the Ozil song. Right? That made me feel sick. And I know that was, a, you know... Uh, oh, how bad was that? That made me feel sick. So fickle. It made me feel sick because you know yeah. what? These were the people who were singing it have forgotten the last 18 months. We got... They've forgotten how no, bad... No, many, many, many. You're reading... Really, no, no, no. Manny, it's they, not pro-Ozil. It's anti-Emery. all credibility. It's not about Ozil. But no. It's about... That's not the way you do it. It's about anti-Emery. But it's... I'm just saying. you go for Emery. Fair enough, Ryan, but they lost all credibility. Oh, no, I, exactly. I 100% like agree. Any, but don't get any, it twisted. This isn't about Ozil. They're singing that chant because they do not want Emery as our manager. Then go after Emery. No, I agree. Go after I agree. The guy. I, I go after agree. the guy I'm you are pissed you know. with. You go after him. You... No, no, and, and I feel like you're go correct. Go after him then. I feel like you're correct. Just like I feel I feel like the Xhaka thing was really going after Emery. But it was going Urzel after Emery, but here's the problem. the exact thing that we can't go back down that line. That takes away all credibility of this fickle fan base. To go it with does. a guy that consistently over the last five or six years that That's hasn't Emery cut the mustard, himself. why on earth would we go back to him? You know what? And Emery he's looking, he may actually, well, hold on, Max, came back hold on, Max, team. back up. He might even have him in the team tonight and let him captain the fucking squad. He, no, he's, right? he, they said he's going to do, well, they didn't say that, but he's going to start and he's going to be the captain. It, Emery pretty what much said, said that. this fucking club this club is like stephen hawking like <laughs> incredibly good but completely fucking retarded they don't make any <laughs> none of this makes sense what? this this club what? as a whole doesn't make any sense nothing that's coming out of arsenal football what? club right now is making sense i believe right if you are pissed at emery max is stoned by the way people if you are going after emery right you hear that law uh, what is happening on this podcast, man? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, let's let's um let me let me wrap up. Let, let Manny speak because yeah. he is actually making a coherent point, and then Max wrap it up. Yeah. Right. So Max, Max, mute yourself. I beg you because that laugh is creepy as hell. <laughs> All right. My thing is this, right? If you are going, if you want to, if you want to be pissed at Emery then go after him specifically because Emery might be so stupid as to think, well, I've got a buy here. They're not going after me. They're singing for Ozil. So I'm okay. If you are pissed with Emery, go after Emery. Let him know that you're not feeling what he's doing because singing that Ozil song makes 
this whole fan base looked so fucking stupid. To think that Oza was going to come out of the cold and all of a sudden rectify the issues that we have, considering that with we no don't play for the middle. And no match with, fitness. With no He's game be time, fucked in the next no game. match fitness. No match we fitness. Do, listen, hold on, you're cutting me off. Shut the fuck up, man. I didn't finish. Right? I've got we don't delay. play through the middle. Right, we don't we don't play through the middle. We don't play to anybody who's playing in that hole. We don't play to their strengths. Right, so whoever comes into this team is doomed to fail. So singing Ozil's song is ridiculous. If you're pissed off, show it to Emery. But my point, my original point about Freddie is this fan base will not give him time. This fan base will jump on his back before he has the opportunity to get his feet firmly underneath the desk. We've done it with Pepe. We've done it with the youngsters. They've done it. This has been going on for years. So you want Freddie to have the job? Fine. But be prepared to go through shit if you're going to give him that role. And ride it out I just and want, back um, him. I just want a genuine interim manager. And I think that the best way to get a reaction out of an interim manager is to bring in a manager who is a people manager who has charisma. And what I've said from the start was that I believe that we have the third best squad in the Premiership. And if those players were allowed to go out and express themselves with technicality and efficiency and all of the things that an Arsene Wenger, at his best, not at his worst, but at his best, would have empowered them to do, then I think that those players with a charismatic manager behind them who's just going to tap their balls and say, go out and play football, would have enough to get us top four. That's what I believe. And I'm talking about an interim manager. I do not want to put Freddie at the wheel. I don't want him to have a two-year contract. I want him to have a contract until the end of the year and then us look for an apt replacement after that. That would be enough time for fans to turn on him. This fan base is fucked. You know this. But if we're already fucked, let's say it happens after... Who have we got now? We've got Wolves, which I think we'll draw at, and Leicester, who I think we'll lose at. So if Emery gets sacked after that, and do you know what? It yeah. brings us into the like another question on the pot. Like, fuck it, we don't stand by any rules here. So if we drop another, let's call it four points. So let's say we draw, draw. Is that top four already done for Arsenal? Are we done if we let Emery stay in the job for another three games, for another month? And do Arsenal have to make a decision right now? Arsenal need to become a sacking club. They need to start holding I these managers you. accountable. You they need to. to start holding Emery. They need to start holding Emery accountable. The only re the only credit Emery has in the bank to some people as to why they think that he should remain at the club is because we're not a sacking club. Who cares? That, I, don't, I hate when people say that. What does that mean? It's true. If he, if he's back not to what I said the person on. to fucking lead this club, why is he here? I don't. I hate when people fucking Fire say up. that. He were not a sack. Who Preach. gives a fuck? If he's not the guy for the job, why the fuck is he here? That's the point I was missing. What I said at the start. I love, I love the fact you're passionate. You got to manage the season as a whole. And you've got to find a replacement. Which is what I'm saying, Toby. Lundberg if we play another three games and we don't get more than three points out of it, is that not our season so pretty Freddy's much cooked? So Freddie's the only option. No, 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 no. no, no. 
Teams, it's, other teams will fuck up guys, for sure. I'm not saying guys, hold on. There's something that you guys are forgetting. I just think we need an immediate reaction, an immediate reaction manager. Rafa may take time. There's something you guys are forgetting here. Nuno may take time. Ragnar may take time. There's something that you guys are forgetting. Have you have you had to have read the little snippets of the you know the articles that's come out from David Ornstein? The club were willing to give the guy a new contract. I don't I know think when. That's bull, I think but they that's were talking about giving a new contract. Hold on. But there's more. There's more to that, right? There is talk that they are not prepared. There's no plan if Emery fuck they sack Emery. There is no plan. So the only reason why they're prepared to give him until the end of the season is because they do not know who the fuck they want. Which scares me. Because where no we have one, excelled... No one expected him to fuck up this bad. Yeah, but where we have excelled... Well, I think this has happened because of the... Sorry, mate. But I'm saying on. where we have excelled is we've gotten people in positions where they are willing to make these decisions. We are super happy about the backroom staff. But it seems like... They are not prepared for if they have to sack Emery. They don't have a plan. Yeah, and that comes back. But no one's prepared for him to fuck up. So I agree. Soon. That's and the that problem. comes back like, to what they said is, about why they didn't hire Arteta. They didn't hire Arteta because Arteta didn't have a backroom staff. Right. So clearly, the implementation he was of the, the coaching, mm. uh, the implementation of the coaching structure, isn't there. So if Emery goes, his assistant goes, and what we're left with is Unai and Bold. Oh Jesus! It's a the it's, gruesome it's twosome. A, it's a sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, Freddie and Bold, Freddie and Bold, right? That's ah. what we're left with, and and I just think that we 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 are either we are either going to dip our toe in the water of being a big club, and we're going to start acting like big clubs. And you know what big clubs do? They sack people. They sack people when the results aren't there and they go into the market and they say, we are a big club and we will find someone. Yep, yep. And I think right now, I, the, point that I tried, the point that I tried to make, Toby, the point that I tried to make a few minutes ago when I said, can we survive only taking, you know, however many points from the next number games under Unai, the point that I'm making there is that a big club would not mitigate that risk. If they were putting in a plan right now, they would say the likelihood of us bringing in someone, like I said, charismatic, like a Freddie, completely changing the environment that exists for all of these players, almost overnight changing that environment, a big club would just say, that's what we have to do, right? This manic... This guy who we already knew what we were getting before we got him. And that's the craziest thing. They were talking about this on Arsenal Vision a few weeks ago. We knew what we were getting. The reports about Emery were there. The player reports, the references were there saying that he was manic. I said to Manny the other week, I genuinely, genuinely believe that the Europa League final was a turning point for that squad. Whatever happened back of house, whatever happened at halftime with that squad, there is something major there. And that is when Unai lost half of his dressing room. And I believe he's lost the dressing room in the senior playing group. Aubameyang, Lacazette, Ozil, I think to some extent Kalasinac. I think those guys are power brokers within the dressing room. And I don't think Emery has them. 
I think likely what Emery has is a Granite Xhaka, who obviously goes and repeats what he says. And I think he's got a lot of youth, a lot of kids who he's brought through. Strange, no. strange circumstance. No, right Max, now. you're forgetting, you're forgetting two things. Forward. Two things. One, the youngsters always come out and speak and speak about Freddie and speak highly of Freddie and how when they communicate, they communicate with Freddie because they don't understand what the fuck Emery says. That's one. But two, when Emery came, he lied. Because he said that he wanted us on the front foot. He wanted us to be protagonists. He wanted us to press. He wanted us to be all of these things that he isn't. It took a while, but Emery, eventually, the mask started to slip out, starting to slip off, and he showed us who he is. This pragmatic, conservative manager. That's not what he said he was. Emery says one thing and does another. Tierney's fit, doesn't play against Sheffield United. Ozil's been training well, not in the squad. He wants us to attack and, and be on the front foot. We're conservative and we let teams have shots on goal. He says one thing Are you saying and that does this the is other. Somehow Emery lied. Press? Is this uh, like what the way mean? I'm reading what you're saying, Manny, is that this sounds some, somehow driven by press? Like that this is Unai what he said. A, that Unai has a that, no, but I don't believe that Unai is saying these things. Is what I'm saying. I wonder if he's got. Don't you listen to his interviews, bro? A, a, a PR They're in team. Spanish. No, no. I'm wondering if this is coming from a PR team. I'm wondering if, like, I was saying to you the other day, Manny, that as soon in Australia, predominantly in the NRL, which Toby and I watch, which is the most bogan sport of all sports, but we accept it and we love it, right? But when a board comes out in support of a coach, it generally means it's a death nail for the coach. And the thinking behind that is, if the board didn't think that they were going to get rid of the coach, they wouldn't feel the need to come out to the media. I think there's something about the fact that they're coming out in support of Emery and putting all these presses out that means it's curtains for Emery. I, I think Emery will be done before the international break. I wish, but it's, I, don't, I don't see it. Bets? Well, let's go through it. We'll finish off the pod. We'll finish off the pod with this question. Ryan, Unai Emery to survive the international break or not? He shouldn't, but he will. Toby, Unai Emery to survive the international break or not? Ooh. I got a little boner for that German. I got a little boner for that German, Toby. I love it. Ryan, you're such a weird dude. Manny Riz, Unai Emery survives the international break or not? I'm with Toby. Nope. I hope you guys are right. And that only leaves me. That only leaves me, guys, and I do not want Unai Emery to survive the international break, but for some reason... I think he will. I think he will. I think he will. Mm. Guys, this brings us to the end of a two-hour Ask Brothers rank cast. We're drunk, we're stoned, we're fans. All we care about is the Arsenal. And guys, for us to be able to spend our Wednesday night, Wednesday morning, depending on where we are in the world, with you, means the world to us. So guys, this has been an Us Brothers Rankcast. We're going to catch you next month. We've maybe got some sneaky preview stuff coming. We're thinking about doing a show with Manny, where we're essentially going to let Manny loose on a single topic. 
God help us all. It's going to be like Godzilla when he fought King Kong. And no, Manny is not King Kong. That would be racist. He's Godzilla. Good night. See you guys later.